0: This morning, our time in the word is going to be spent in the book of 2nd Kings, 2nd Kings chapter 4. And uh, I just want to extend a happy Mother's Day wish to all of our mothers that are watching this morning. Uh, I know that uh, this is probably not the way that you expected to spend Mother's Day. Uh, And I know many of you probably won't be going to... uh, Restaurants like you normally would on Mother's Day, but uh, hopefully you'll be able to get some takeout or maybe you plan to have a nice meal today. And I hope you can enjoy your time together uh, with your families today on this Mother's Day. And as I was thinking about this particular Mother's Day, uh, I was thinking about just how this particular crisis that we're in has uh, it's affected us all in different ways, and it's been difficult on us all in different ways. But I think in particular, uh, mothers have borne a lot of the brunt of the change that has occurred over the last couple of months. And uh, and I've seen that in my own home. Uh, I've seen that uh, with my wife and having uh, all of my college kids home uh, and a full house and Uh, going grocery shopping with a mask on and uh, making sure that we're all fed. And I know a lot of mothers have all of a sudden been thrown into the role of homeschool teacher that uh, maybe you weren't planning on. And so I know that uh, this has been a big change for a lot of us, but for our mothers as well, in particular. And as I was thinking about just this crisis that we're in, the, the, the thought came to me of mothers... Going through difficult times, mothers going through times of crisis of difficulty, and the passage that came to my mind is this one in second kings chapter four verses one through seven and just to kind of set the the scene the, the background a little bit, this is during the ministry of elisha, the prophet in the northern kingdom of Israel, uh, not too long ago, Elijah had just passed on the mantle of the prophet role to Elisha. Elijah has gone up into heaven in a whirlwind in a chariot of fire. And now Elisha is the appointed man of God. And he is ministering in the midst of a very difficult time in which, uh, Joram is the King of Israel. Joram is the son of Ahab. And so you'll recognize that name. Ahab and his wife Jezebel were probably some of the most wicked, uh, rulers that Israel ever had during its entire history. And uh, the Bible says in 2 Kings chapter 3, that Joram uh, was no, maybe not quite as bad as Ahab and Jezebel. Uh, the Bible says in 2 Kings 3, that he still did that was, which was evil in the sight of the Lord. And so uh, Joram continued to follow in the practices of paganism and false worship and idolatry. And Elisha is ministering in the midst of that climate. And also there are people in Israel who are living in the midst of that climate and it is a difficult time. Uh, There were times of poverty, there were times of famine, there were times of God's hand of judgment on the people of Israel because of their sin. And in 2 Kings 4, we find a widow woman who bore some of that that weight of the times and the circumstances in which she lived. And I, I want us to read from this passage, and then I just want to be an encouragement to all of us today, and in particular to our mothers, and give them hope in the Lord in the midst of difficult times. And so follow along. If you have your Bibles, I would love for you to follow along with me this morning. Second Kings chapter four, uh, verses one through seven. The wife of a man from the company of the prophets cried out to Elisha, Your servant, my husband, is dead, and you know that he revered the Lord. But now his creditor is coming to take my two boys as his slaves. Elisha replied to her, how can I help you? Tell me, what do you have in your house? Your servant has nothing there at all, she said, except a small jar of olive oil. Elisha said, go around and ask all your neighbors for empty jars. Don't ask for just a few. Then go inside and shut the door behind you and your sons, Pour oil into all the jars, and as each is filled, put it to one side. She left him and shut the door behind her and her sons. They brought the jars to her, and she kept pouring. When all the jars were full, she said to her son, Bring me another one. But he replied, There is not a jar left. Then the oil stopped flowing. She went and told the man of God, And he said, go, sell the oil and pay your debts. You and your sons can live on what is left. Let's pray this morning. Father God, we thank you for the privilege, the honor of reading from your word and listening to its truths today. Lord, I pray a special blessing upon our mothers and our congregation and those who may be watching. I pray that you would bless them in their efforts to be the nurturers, the, the caregivers, uh, the, the lovers of their family that you have called them to be. And Lord, I pray that you would bless them even in the midst of this very unusual, uh, difficult time that we find ourselves in where our life's patterns have been all turned upside down. God, I pray that you would encourage them, give them strength. And Lord, for all of us today, Men, women, and children, that we would learn the ultimate lesson that this passage has to teach us this morning. And that is that we can depend upon you, our God. So, Lord, I pray that you would bless our time in the word today and may your spirit teach and apply us, apply these words to our hearts. And we pray this in the name of Christ. Amen. What we see in this passage is a mother in distressing circumstances a mother in distressing circumstances. And really when you see the circumstances that she was in, those circumstances kind of pile on. Uh, She was in distressing times. Uh, One, she was a widow in the ancient world, in the land of the Bible to be a widow was to be without, to have no certain means of support or of, uh, of security. And so to be a widow was to be in a very vulnerable position. Uh, On top of that, she was in debt. And so she is in debt to a creditor. Apparently uh, her husband, while he was still alive, uh, in trying to provide for his family, had uh, taken on some debt. And now that he was gone, and this widow woman is left in this vulnerable position, there's no way for this debt to be paid off. And so in payment, this creditor, the one to whom is owed money, he is threatened to come and to take her two sons as slaves uh, to basically make them indentured servants to pay off the debt that this woman's husband owed to him. And so she's facing widowhood. She's facing intense poverty, When Elisha asks her what she has in her house, she says, all I have is really nothing except a little tiny jar of oil. So she's a widow. She's in intense poverty. She's in debt and has no way to repay it other than the disillusion, the destruction of her family. She is in distressing circumstances. Now, the circumstances that we're in right now are probably nowhere near the situation that this woman was in. Uh, We, we are not in a situation of abject poverty. Uh, We may have a few things that we've had to go without over the last several weeks. Uh, There may be times when we've gone into the grocery store and we've seen a few empty shelves where the items that we would normally buy are found, but none of us is in abject poverty. None of us is starving. This woman was in abject poverty. She had nothing, and her husband had just died. She had just lost her main source of security and support. And on top of that, she's about to lose her family. She's about to lose her sons to slavery, to pay off the debt that her family owed. She was in distressing circumstances. So what did she do? And there's a lesson here for us, because in what she did, there is an example, I think, that we can follow. What did she do? Well, we see not only that she was in distressing circumstances, but she was also a mother who issued out a desperate cry. She issued out a desperate cry. Where did she go? Well, she went to Elisha. He was a man of God. Her husband was one of the sons of the prophets. We might say one of the the company or the school of the prophets. And so knew Elisha was uh, perhaps an associate or an assistant of Elisha, maybe in the school of Elisha teaching them. Uh, This man knew Elisha. And so this, this woman goes to Elisha, the man of God, the prophet, the one anointed by God to carry on Elijah's ministry after he went to heaven. She goes to him. But by extension, what does that mean? It means that she went to the Lord, doesn't it? Because Elisha represents God. That's the role of a prophet in ancient Israel. The prophet was God's mouthpiece. The prophet was God's spokesman. The prophet represented God. And so by this woman going to Elisha, she is going to God. She is in essence expressing in prayer, this desperate cry, this plea that she has nothing. And so the Bible says that she goes to Elisha and she just pours out her heart and expresses to him the desperate circumstances that she's in and says, essentially I need help. What do I do? Counsel me, give me advice. Walk me through this distressing circumstance that I'm in. And Elisha not only receives her cry as a representative of the Lord, but also Elisha then also represents God in the giving of God's help in this passage. So he is the mediator. He is the representative between God and his people, between God and this Needy widow woman. Elisha stands to represent them both, listening to her cry, but bringing the help that God has for her. And so Elisha gives her some instructions. He says, Here's what I want you to do I want you to go home and I want you to go around your village, all of your neighbors everyone that you can find, go up and down the streets, knock on every door, and I want you to borrow as many jars, as many pots, as many vessels as you can. And don't just get a few, he says. In other words, he is wanting her to think big. He is wanting her to open up her heart of faith and to trust God. And so he says, go around and get all the jars, all the vessels that you can find. And then I want you to bring them home and you and your sons, you go in your house, you close the door and you take your little jar of oil and you start pouring. And when you fill up a jar, set it aside and go to the next one and keep pouring. In other words, Elisha is telling her, God is going to provide for you, but you need to trust him and follow my instructions. And so she is a mother in distressing circumstances. She is a a mother who issued forth a desperate cry. And now having gone to Elisha, the representative of the Lord, and he gives her instructions, she responds with, a dependent confidence, a dependent confidence. Dependent in the sense that she, she, has no, she has no resources of her own. All she has is this little jar of oil, and that's not going to last hardly a day, maybe a couple of days. It's not going to do anything for her, and it's certainly not going to make a dent in this large debt that she owes to this creditor. It's not going to save her family. So she is by by necessity dependent on the man of God. She's dependent on God himself to provide for her needs. And in this, there is a picture of the gospel, isn't there? Because in our own resources, we have nothing to offer God. When it comes to the state of our soul, We have nothing to offer God. We are in, with regard to our soul, we are in distressing circumstances. And so our response then to those distressing circumstances that we find ourselves in with regard to the sin sick state of our soul is the same as this woman. And that is a desperate cry to cry out to God for his salvation. And the Bible says that when we cry out to God like this for salvation, that there is a dependency, there is a trust, there is a humility that is involved because we cannot bring anything that we have to offer. Not by works of righteousness that we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us. So we are saved by grace through faith, not of works, so that no one can boast. It is a gift of God. So we are to be dependent, relying on nothing in ourselves, completely relying on God. And that's how this woman responded. She was dependent on God, but also confident, meaning she trusted. She trusted. Elisha called her to trust and to go out in an obedience, collect all of these vessels, all these jars and pots from her neighbors. And the Bible says that she did so. And the only explanation for why she would do that is that she was confident that Elisha was the man of God and that Elisha in giving these instructions was representing God. And thus the power of God, the care of God was going to be coming through this humble trust and obedience and listening to the word of Elisha, the man of God. So she had a dependence, but also a confidence, a trust that God would provide through these means that he had appointed. And so she does as Elisha instructs, she goes into her house. And in fact, she starts pouring And it happens exactly as Elisha said it would. She keeps pouring and pouring and pouring, going from one jar to the next, filling them up all along the way until she runs out of borrowed vessels. And this miracle reminds me a lot of the miracle of Jesus in the feeding of the 5,000 in which Jesus told his disciples, have all these people sit down. And there was a little boy who brought just a few loaves of bread, a couple of fish. And Jesus then began to break off pieces of bread and to peel off pieces of fish and to distribute them to his disciples. And they went through all this crowd of 5,000 men, plus who knows how many women and children. And the bread and the fish just kept going and going, and going, so much so that there was actually some left over for the disciples. There were 12 baskets of food left over, probably one for each of Christ's disciples to have, to take with them, perhaps back to their families. It was a miracle of multiplication, and in this respect, Elisha is like a type. He is a forerunner of Christ. He is acting as a caregiver of God. And that's what we see in the last part of this passage in the fulfillment of this miracle. And in this woman carrying out the instructions of Elisha, what we have on full display is her divine caregiver. So she is a mother in distressing circumstances who called out with a desperate cry And then based on the instructions of Elisha responded with dependent confidence and followed his word. And in so doing was revealed to this mother, her divine caregiver. She had a God who cared for her and did not forget about her and was not going to let her and her family starve and was not going to let her sons be sold into slavery and her family destroyed. And this is really amazing when you think about the time in which all of this is happening, because this is a time in Israel in which God is not pleased with the direction overall of the land of Israel. It's king is wicked. By and large, the people are apostate and are worshiping false gods. But even in the midst of apostasy, in the midst of a nation that had turned its back on its God, God did not renege on his faithfulness, on his promises to his people, particularly a remnant of believing faithful people who lived in the midst of that apostate land. Here is a woman who believed the Lord, Yahweh, the God of Israel. She wasn't, notice that when she was in need, she didn't go to Baal. She didn't go to these other gods. She went to Elisha, the representative of Yahweh, because that is the one in whom she trusted. That's the one in whom her husband trusted. He was an associate of Elisha. He was a man of God. He was a follower of the one true God. And so in the midst of this apostate land, Israel turning its back on God. God did not turn his back on his faithful people in the midst of that difficult circumstance. And so God acted as her divine caregiver. And that's really the primary lesson that this passage is teaching us. Yes, this passage shows us uh, perhaps uh, the dangers of entering into debt, but that's not the main lesson of this passage. Yes, this passage shows us the need for prayer and the need for trust. And that is certainly a secondary lesson of this passage, that we need to trust, that we need to cry out to God in the midst of desperate circumstances. But really the main lesson that this passage is teaching us is about God himself. And that's what the scriptures do. In all of these stories of the Bible, in all these stories of the Old Testament, And in the Gospels, in the book of Acts, all these narratives, really what they're showing us is God. God at work, God keeping his covenant, God keeping his promises, God displaying his power, his faithfulness, his grace, his mercy, sometimes his wrath and his holy justice. These stories are about God. And so this is about the God of Israel, the God who has mercy and compassion upon thousands of those who love him and keep his commandments. And so here is a God who is her divine caregiver and is watching over her through these desperate circumstances. And it reminds me of the fact that all throughout the scriptures, we see that God is one who is particularly one who notices those who are afflicted, those who are oppressed, those who are widows orphans, those who are sick, those who are in poverty. Those are the ones that all throughout scripture, God pays attention to, to the least of these. And so this corresponds very closely with scriptures that we read, for example, in Exodus 22, 22 and 23, where the law says, do not take advantage of the widow or the fatherless. If you do, and they cry out to me, I will certainly hear their cry. Interesting, isn't it? That this is a situation in which a woman had lost her husband. She was a widow. These two sons had lost their father. Even though they still had a mother, they were fatherless. They are ones to whom God will care when they cry out to him. And Exodus 22 says, when they cry out to me, I will hear them. I will hear their cry. And so don't take advantage of them. Here is a creditor who is trying to take advantage of this situation, and this woman cries out to God, and God hears her. God hears her cry and responds in faithfulness to his word. Deuteronomy 10 verse 18 says that God defends the cause of the fatherless and the widow and loves the foreigner residing among you, giving them food and clothing. This woman lived in the midst of a fallen world a world where there was death, where her husband had passed away. There was, uh, this woman was living in a fallen world with poverty and with need and want. This woman was living in a fallen world in which the rich sometimes oppressed the poor and took advantage of them. But yet in the midst of this fallen world, and by the way, we live in that same fallen world, So we experience death. We experience illness. We experience times of deprivation. We experience times of unsettling circumstances like we're in right now. We live in a fallen world just like this widow woman lived in a fallen world. But in the midst of that fallen world, a redeemer came to her rescue. Elisha represents, he is a type, he is a picture of Christ in this passage He is her redeemer and he brings the care and the love and the salvation of God to her need. And in the midst of that falling of that fallen state and those, those fallen circumstances, redemption came to this woman by grace through love. She received the care and the love and the grace of God. And so we could read this passage on two levels. One, we could read it on a physical level for those of us who are the children of God. And much like Jesus taught his disciples in Matthew 6, that you don't need to worry about all these things that the world goes chasing after. Because if you seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, then your heavenly father will take care of you. All these, all these necessities, these things, your father knows that you need them. He will provide for you just like he provides for the flowers of the field and the birds of the air. You don't need to worry or be anxious about these things. And there's a legitimate application for us believers in that, that because we have a divine caregiver, a God who loves us and cares for us, we don't have to be anxious about the things that are going on in our world. We can trust our God. And so we can apply this on a physical level like that, but we can also apply it on a spiritual level. And that is in terms of the, the, the fallen condition of our souls. We have no place to turn to but to depend upon God and to cry out to him. And he is our redeemer. He lifts us up. He saves us from our desperate circumstances. And he does so out of his own love and grace and faithfulness to his own promises. And so I pray that this passage will teach us that we can trust in God. We can trust in God and we can respond with simple dependent obedience. We can trust in God and we can respond with simple dependent obedience in times of difficulty. Because our God, is our divine caregiver who loves us and cares for us and is faithful to his promises. We can trust in God and in dependent obedience, follow him and cry out to him because he is our divine caregiver who watches over us, who saves us, who provides, who sovereignly, providentially guides us through these times of difficulty that we find ourselves in. And so my prayer for all of you, my prayer for our mothers today, but all of you, is that you would come to, like this woman, depend upon God and to trust in him, dependent, yet confident, believing in him. Why? Because of who he is. Because he is the loving God. Because he's the almighty God. He is the provider God for his people. And so may we trust in him today. Let's bow in prayer together. Our Father, our God, we thank you for this time that we've had in your word. And I pray that this time in 2 Kings, from the story of Elisha and this widow woman, that it would be an encouragement to us all, a reminder to us all to trust in you and to depend upon you for all things. To remind us, Lord, that you are the one who provides for your people. Just as you provided for your people in the wilderness with the manna and with water, Lord, you are the one who provides for your children. You are our divine caregiver. And so Lord, may we lean on you, trust in you for all things. And we pray this in the name of Christ. Amen. I wish you all a happy Mother's Day, especially to our mothers. Hope you enjoy your day with your families. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace.